0: Hello, hola, and Wa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the Curtain Jerkers. Of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is the massive UFC 272 Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal in a five-round grudge match. Of course, those of you who frequent the show know we won't be talking about that fight or any of the other fights on the main card because this here. This is the prelim primer where we break down only the prelim portion of the card. Now, for those of you who might be new to the show and wondering why not break down that title fight or any of the other fun fights on this main card. The answer is really simple. The answer is we know, you know who Colby Covington is or Jorge Masvidal is or Rafael dos Anjos or Hanado Moicano or Bryce Mitchell. Man, this main card is loaded. But we know that you probably don't know a lot about these prelim fighters, and that's why we're here to give you help, whether you're playing daily fantasy sports, or maybe you're gambling, or you want to win a pick 'em contest. We're here to help you with that. Now, before we get started with the show, I do have to let you know that this show is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial art, you can use Maroon Social to log your competitions, training sessions, weigh in, so much more. I'll tell you a little bit more about their features later on in the show, but for right now, just go download Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps now, to help me break down these fights today, I am joined by a favorite co-host of the show. Joining me today, you may know him as at Jerrell 20 on Twitter. I, of course, am talking about Ryan Jarrell. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Always a pleasure. Glad to be back.
0: All right, guys. And as you know, we start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Jalen Turner versus Jamie Malarkey. So, Turner right now on a three-fight winning streak. He last beat Ursos Medich by rear naked choke back in September. He's going to be fighting Jamie Mullarkey, who is on a two-fight winning streak of his own. He beat Kama Worthy and Devontae Smith both by knockouts back-to-back, back, the latter of which came in October. So my question for you here, Turner has been getting it done on the mat. He's a guy who a lot of people talked about how great his striking was, but he seems to really like the grappling lately, especially the rear naked choke. Do you think Mularkey can kind of keep his feet where... He might have an advantage, and and if he can, does he have an advantage? well you know uh
1: Turner he he's the tarantula and and that nickname is, is very well suited uh so him on the ground with those long limbs is definitely a scary proposition for anyone but you know I I like Jamie Malarkey uh in in this fight I I feel like he's a little underrated and Devonte Smith and Kama Worthy I, I feel like have a lot of similarities to to Jalen Turner and if I'm not mistaken Jalen Turner is a slight favorite in this fight and I guess I'm a little surprised he, he's he's coming off that loss and Malarkey's won two in a row. I feel like M- Malarkey is one of those underrated fighters that just people don't realize how good he is. This could potentially be his coming out party. Three wins in a row in this division would be huge for him so I, I do feel like he could keep this on the feet but that's the big question here because if it goes to the ground we've seen what Turner can do on the ground with those RNCs so uh it's going to be a contrast in, in styles but from what I've seen of Jamie Malarkey, this this kid's tough as nails.
0: And, and I agree with you entirely that I think he's underrated. He's a guy who, we, we, I mean, he was underrated in both of those fights, too, the ones you were just talking about. Because I, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, he went into the worthy and the Devontae Smith fight as underdog. So if he's going into those as underdogs, he's now going into one with Jalen Turner as an underdog. And you're right, he, he does really good work on the feet. I'm just going to say, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take Jalen Turner. The only reason why, as I think... While I do think that Malarkey probably has a slight advantage on the feet, I do think Turner's just going to get it down just barely enough. I don't think he'll finish Malarkey because Malarkey's tough as nails, but I I do think he's going to get him down enough to probably win a decision here. How do you see Malarkey pulling it off?
1: I actually just think Malarkey's going to win a decision. I I feel like he might be in a couple of compromising positions, but I just feel like this kid's toughness is going to shine through. I actually see him winning uh, two of the three rounds here and and getting a UD.
0: All right. And that brings us to our next fight, which is an absolute banger for the prelims. And that's Marina Rodriguez versus Yan Xiaonan Rodriguez on a three fight winning streak last year, all in 2021. She beat Amanda Hibas, Michelle Waterson, and Mackenzie Dern, two of those in main events. Yan Xiaonan six and oh, in the UFC, but then she lost a decision to Carla Esparza back in May, who coincidentally is the last person to have beaten Marina Rodriguez. So, My question for you, this seems largely like it's probably going to take place on the feet, and Jan Xiaonan, tons of volume out of her. She throws so many strikes, but Marina Rodriguez, on the other hand, is very elusive. So I guess the question here is, do we think that Xiaonan is going to be able to land enough of that volume to win here, or is she going to be chasing Marina Rodriguez around too much and get encountered?
1: I think it's the latter. I like Rodriguez in this fight, and, and when I look at uh Jan's, you know, wins, I mean, she's got some nice wins. You know, you mentioned uh, uh Claudia Godela, Kolakiewicz, Angela Hill, but those are all female fighters that were really good back in the day. They're all a little bit older now, so I'm not... Quite as impressed by those, those UD wins that she has over older fighters, you know, Marina Rodriguez, I feel like is, is the new breed and I really like what I've seen from her. I, I feel like, you know, that three fight win streak over you know, female fighters that are in their prime right now. You know, Mackenzie Dern, Amanda Hebus, and Michelle Waterson, not so much. She's a little bit older. But I'm more impressed with what I've seen from Rodriguez, and I expect her to uh, be able to to kind of be the matador in this fight. And uh, I don't think either lady's going to get a finish. I do think it's going the distance. Uh, I got Rodriguez via decision.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Rodriguez by decision, too. I'll say this. In addition to her being the matador and kind of avoiding a lot of those strikes, I think even if she lands less strikes in this fight, she's going to have the ones that snap Yan Xiaonan's head back and make the judges go, Ooh, you know, when, when she lands that big, well, we saw her do that with Amanda Hibas, who she eventually put away twice. Actually, if you're counting, thanks Herb Dean. Um, so, you know, he, she, she has those kinds of, that kind of power. I think that really shows in a fight like this. And, and ultimately I think it's going to win it for her. And that brings us to our third fight of the first round, which is Nicolay Negramanu versus Kennedy's a Negramanu is on a two-fight winning streak after taking a whole bunch of time off. He beat Alexa Kamer and Alex, or, uh, Ike Villanueva back-to-back, Villanueva by knockout back in October. Zuchuku lost his three-fight winning streak last time out to Da Jung. That was by knockout in November, but he did have the three-fight winning streak before, so on a good run of his own. My question for you is, it seems like every single fight of Kennedy Zuchuku He's got tough moments that he has to survive. In the down junk fight, didn't survive him. In all the other ones, he survived him. He outlasted people like Carlos Allberg or you know he, he just finds a way to survive and then win late. The question is is, can he survive and win late against Nemanuk?
1: You know, I'm really intrigued about this fight because I've been a huge Njuku fan. I feel like, you know, the the fact that he's got like like an 84 inch reach in, in this division, that it, it's incredible, and he should he should win this fight. I I feel like another guy that's underrated. You, you talk about his last uh, fight, a loss that snaps his three fight skid. Da Un Jung, that guy's legit. He he's he's very good and, and an underrated fighter. So I I'm not as concerned a, about that loss, but what is concerning is those those moments where he has to, to fight through. So that's going to be the uh, the really interesting part of, of this fight with the uh, Um Again, this is someone that is, I guess, you know, fairly relatively new to the UFC. He's only had, you know, three fights in the UFC. But uh, to, to go back to what we were talking about in the previous matchup, I'm not as impressed with, with his recent victories uh as i am with what i've seen from uh kennedy uh, i'm just gonna call kennedy it's so much easier <laughs> what i've seen from him when he looks his best so i i do feel like kennedy's going to to get the win here having said that this is one of those fights too where you know i i'm not quite as certain what the ceiling is for nick uh, negamaranu here uh but i feel like uh, kennedy's uh ceiling is a little bit higher. I think he's going to get the win. I think he's going to get back on track. I think he's probably going to finish him.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this one. And I'm glad you mentioned the reach right at the beginning, because I think that's the big difference maker. We saw Nogumaranu when he was fighting Alexa Kamer, kind of chasing Kamer around the cage, kind of reaching for, for strikes. And I think that's really going to cost him in this fight. The counter punches for sure are going to be there for Kennedy Zuchuku. He also really, with the exception of hitting Ike in a wave really hard one time, In his three fights in the UFC hasn't really put anybody in a bad position where they look like they were going to lose. So, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in Nagumaranu to put him out of there. So as a result, Kennedy's dangerous all the time. So I'll take Kennedy to land one of those big blows at some point in time and get the job done. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with round number two. All right, guys, I want to tell you right now about one of my favorite parts of Maroon Social, and that is logging your competition's. If you're somebody who's done tons of grappling competitions like I have, Purple Belt and Jiu-Jitsu, 10-plus years of experience here, you probably think back to all those competitions you had and wish you had your own little tapology page of yourself, knowing the wins and losses and how you did it and stuff like that. You should have downloaded Maroon Social a long time ago, but you might as well start now because they've got a function that allows you to log all of your competitions with all of the results, leaving yourself notes so many other cool things that you can put into it And let me tell you something, it's also social media, so other people can see these things, can come talk to you about it. If they were at that competition, they can comment. You can give them an o's, which is their version of the like. I highly suggest checking out that function and all the other functions when you download Maroon Social. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock, and we're going to talk about Marina Maraz versus Maria Agapova. So Mraz, two-fight winning streak. She beat Sabina Mazo and Mara Buena Silva. Of course, the most recent of those two fights was in March of 2020. So we're talking about two years off for Mraz. Agapova, meanwhile, 2-1 in the UFC. She got a rear-naked choke over the aforementioned Sabina Mazo back in October. That was her most recent win. Now, my question for you here, there's a lot of bad blood in this fight. It's well publicized that these two women do not like each other, maybe more than Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. Akapova is somebody who's had trouble when she gets too fired up. Her cardio is kind of her undoing, as we saw in her lone loss. Do you think that plays into this fight along with the bad blood?
1: I mean, it could. It could. That, that's that's a, a really good question for this matchup. I, You know, I still feel like Agapova should win this fight. I feel like she's the more talented fighter. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, from what I've seen, uh, her overall skill set is she's just a little bit more well-rounded. So if she can stay composed and not get into a firefight where she gasses out, I feel like she could keep this on the feet and, and, and get a decision win. I don't feel like either one of these ladies, uh, have the power to, to finish it. If you just look back at their, especially um, M- Moroz, you know, I can't remember the last time she's had a finish. She's always going the distance. So I don't think she's going to get Agapova out of there. And I feel like Agapova is going to land a little bit more and eke out her decision.
0: Yeah, and I- I'm going to agree with you here on Agapova, but I'm going to slightly disagree with you on the method because I'm going to take her by submission here. Agapova She's gotten a couple of finishes in the UFC, and I will say this. you know, I think her odds, and, and she is a favorite in this fight, but only like negative 180, I think. She, she's listed as a favorite, but I think she should be a massive favorite in this. She's highly talented, and ultimately, I think that loss to Shannon Dobson, which we all kind of attribute to her cardio, has got a lot of people downplaying her. You're right. Her skill set is incredible. Her hands are fast. She takes people's back. She took Sabino Mazel's back as she was falling down from getting cracked, which is incredible. So yeah, I'm high on her abilities. I think she gets it done here. She certainly could get it done by decision, but I'm going to say she even wears her out and she gets the rear naked choke. And that brings us to our next fight, which is Brian Kelleher versus Umar Nurmagomedov. Kelleher, on a two-fight winning streak, he beat Domingo Polarte and Kevin Kroon, both by decision, the latter of which came only this past January. So he is fresh off of a fight. Uh, <laughs> Umar Nurmagomedov, sorry, i Looking at Nurmagomedov, like I, I've never seen that name before. Uh, he has a rear and choke win over Sergei Morozov. That was in his debut. Of course, that was the previous January. So he's been away for about 14 months. So my question for you, Umar Nurmagomedov comes in here and he just tosses Sergei Morozov around like an absolute ragdoll. What does Kellefer have to do here in this fight to avoid that fate?
1: Jeez, this is one, to me, this is one of those super tricky fights, because when you look at it on paper, Umar Nurmagomedov, he's undefeated, he's supposed to come in here and run right through Brian Kelleher, but... What do we really know about Nurmagomedov? I mean, if if you look at like his his previous fights, like he's only had one in the UFC so far, and I'm not downplaying any of the the other promotions that he's fought for. I mean, he did fight for for PFL in the past, but how significant, how impressive are those previous wins that he's had? What the level of competition? That's my biggest question because we know Brian Kelleher has been you know, in the UFC for a while fighting the best in the world. So that that to me is is a really interesting, you know, way to, to look at this fight because Nurmagomedov is a monster favorite. If you're looking for an underdog to bet on that could, you know, cash you out and win you big, I mean, why not put a little money down on a veteran, Brian Kelleher? Mm-hmm. Having said that, I, I don't know what he, what, how he's going to be able to to keep this on the feet, and if it does go to the ground, is his BJJ slick enough to to get a sub? I mean, we've seen him do it before. We've seen him, you know, uh, choke out Ray Rodriguez and he finished Hunter Azure and O'Day Osborne. So we've seen him spring upset wins before. Having said that, I, I feel like anyone with the last name or Mega Madoff, you you have to lean towards, and he's probably <laughs> he's a monster favorite in in this fight. Um, I this could be like a coming out party for him like hey I'm here pay attention to me in this division I expect him to win but having said that like I don't know enough about him from his previous uh, victories and promotions that I don't know to go in uh, and really you know feel super super confident against a veteran and Brian Kelleher who's been fighting at the highest level.
0: I think that's a great point. And especially if we're looking at this from a betting stance, like I don't think there's a lot of value on Umar Nurmagomedov at the, the exorbitant numbers you're seeing him at thousand or whatever he's at. Like, I think there is value on Brian Keller hating that submission, but if you tell me gun to my head, who do I got to pick? Of course, I'm taking the negative 1000 favorite here. I think Nurmagomedov probably grinds this out in a way that like you said, he's looking for that sub off his back. That just never comes I am interested to see what happens when he doesn't get that sub, because I have seen it before in PFL when he fought, you know, Sidemar Honorio, who has fought like really high level competition, guy who fought in LFA and PFLs, and actually all the way back in World Series of Fighting too, who just frustrated him a little bit, you know, enough to make him, you know, work for what he works for. What if he works for that and doesn't get it and is up against a more talented guy? So I'm interested, but at the end of the day, I'm taking Umar. I say he gets it done by decision. And that brings us to our third fight of the second round, which is Tim Elliott versus Takir Ulambekov. Elliott snapped his two-fight winning streak when he lost to Matthews Nikolau. That was in October by decision. Ulambekov 2-0 in the UFC. He beat Alan Nasamento by split decision also back in October. So my question for you here is Ulambekov is a guy who likes to throw punches but also falls back on his grappling a little bit, especially in the last fight against Alan Nassimento. Do you think that he can take the fight to the ground against Tim Elliott? And if so, do you think he can kind of hold him there? Because he, he had a, the ability to do it with Nascimento, but it also seemed like Nascimento was just letting him do it.
1: Yeah, I, I think the answer to that question is that n- no, I, I actually feel like uh, this is another fight where an underdog is is a s- significant underdog, and I don't really know why. And, of course, i are talking about Tim Elliott. I mean, this is former Ultimate Fighter winner, you look at the guys he's lost to. I mean, obviously, you mentioned uh, Matthias uh, Nicolau most recently, but Brandon Royville, Askar Askarov, Davison Figueroa. I mean – Hello. It's like it's like the, the top of the division he, and he beats everyone else. And, uh, you know, Tiger uh, or Tiger and uh, he's only had two fights in the UFC. So very similar. You know, when we're talking about in er, the earlier uh, fight, Margaret Madoff. So I don't think we, we have enough tape. We don't know enough about a uh, Tiger uh, against a veteran and Tim Elliott. I actually feel like Tim Elliott's back is against the wall after losing that most recent fight against nikolau. I think he springs the upset here. I think if this goes to the ground, we're going to see uh, the BJJ skill set of, of Tim Elliott, a veteran. I think he gets the win inside of uh, two rounds.
0: I'm going to go with Tim Elliott too. You know, he's a two to one underdog here. I, th- I have this one circled as a crazy underdog here, That uh, he's, he's an underdog in this one, mostly because, you know, I I think like you said, he's the veteran, but he also scrambles so damn well. You mentioned the names he's lost to, you know, mighty mouse Johnson and, and Davison Figueiredo and Brandon Roy ball. And like, Dude, those are guys who can scramble with them. I don't think Ulambekov can. And also, I think Elliott's got the advantage on the feet. He's also a guy who feeds off the crowd. I'm going with Tim Elliott here. I'm going to say he gets it done with sub too. I, I like it. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the last two fights of the third round. All right, guys, just one more function I love about Maroon Social, and then we're going to get back to round three. And that function that I love so much is leaving yourself notes. When I have a training session, first of all, I like to log my training sessions because it tells me how many times I've trained this week and gives you a month-to-month breakdown. But in addition to that, it lets you leave notes. So if you're somebody who uses one of those dirty jiu-jitsu journals that gets all sweaty and nasty and suddenly the pen's not writing, you can get rid of that and just keep it on your phone. Then when your phone dies, guess what? It's on the app so it transfers over. It's been so easy for me to go back and find old notes from old training sessions and things and seminars and stuff that I've wanted to save all because of maroon social so i highly suggest going right now and downloading maroon social wherever it is you download apps and we are back with round number three i'm going to put another five minutes on the clock And we're going to start this round by talking about Devante Smith versus Ludovic Klein. Smith, 1-2 in in his last three. He got knocked out by Kama Worthy and Jamie Malarkey. In between there, he has a win over Justin James, which he won by TKO Dr. Stoppage. Ludovic Klein, meanwhile, is on a two-fight losing streak. He lost to Mike Trezano and Nate Landwehr, the latter of which was in October by submission So these are guys who were really hyped on when they first came to the UFC. They were two hot prospects, and since then have fallen on kind of hard times. Which of them here do you still have more confidence in based on those losses?
1: Devante smith i i think he gets back on track in a big way here and i think one of the the big factors in this fight is going to be the big reach advantage that he has it's four inch reach advantage for for davante smith he's three or three inches taller uh than klein as well and and again like i mentioned earlier the the loss to jamie malarkey i'm not i'm not too worried about that i jamie malarkey super underrated super tough Uh, losing to a guy like him no no reason to to hang your your head I feel like Devontae Smith, you know, training uh, out of Factory X, one of the the most up and coming gyms in, in, on planet Earth, is going to get back on track here. I think he's going to get the finish. Uh, I, I don't want to completely dismiss Klein here. I, I think he has a, a good skill set. Uh, I think he'll he'll keep it, uh, y- you know, he'll keep it close up until you know late second, early third, and then I think that reach advantage is going to come into play, and I think Smith gets the TKO win.
0: I'm gonna agree with you on this one. I've been back and forth on this fight a lot. I, I, I talked to somebody recently who who described Devonte Smith and worrying about that he might be chinny because he's been knocked out a couple of times. Comma worthy hits so freaking hard as does Jamie Mularky. So I, I feel kind of fine about those losses. And I'll say this too. Ludovic Klein being the shorter guy is also the more patient guy. And I actually think that hurts him here because he's so much shorter. Devonte Smith going to be able to poke at him from far away. and when he gets over aggressive, the counters are there for Devontae Smith. I'll also say this, Ludovic Klein gets in the clinch a lot, likes to look for some takedowns and to like mix it up a little bit once in a while. Devontae Smith, as we saw in that Justin James fight, has excellent defense that he actually can turn into his own offense. Um, and he is deadly if he's on top of you on the ground because he lands mean elbows. He's got all kinds of stuff he can work with. Of course, we like him better on the feet here, but I'm also going to go with Devontae Smith. I'm say it gets it done by TKO as well. And that brings us to our last fight of these prelims, the eighth fight, which is Dustin Jacoby versus Michael Olshayzak. Jacoby, 4-0-1 since coming back to the UFC after a 10-year layoff, which involved some kickboxing and all kinds of other endeavors. He Last beat John Alon in November by decision to make it five straight without a loss. Oleshchuk, after losing a bunch to start his UFC career, is now on a two-fighting-wing streak. He beat Modestis Bukauskas and Shamil Gazmatov, the latter of which was by knockout back in October. So here for me, I think I can boil this fight down to power versus precision. We got Michael Oleshchuk, a guy who looks like he's just looking to land that big blow all the time, versus Dustin Jacoby, a guy who is an incredible technical kickboxer. Of course, he's got power in his own right, but is really precise in what he's doing in every single one of his fights. So I guess the question is, do you think Michael Oleshia comes out and lands that big blow or is he just destined to get outworked here?
1: Yeah, so to, to be fair, I want to just get this out in the open before I start to talk about this fight. I really like Dustin Jacoby, not just as a fighter, but as a human being. I've interviewed him a handful of times. He's one of my favorite people to talk to uh, in all of MMA and he's a fantastic golfer. So if you like golf... Check out his Instagram. The guy is is just a freak athlete. The answer to your question is, of course not. Dustin Jacoby is going to get the win. He's going to outwork him. He's going to get a UD win. Having said that, Olajacek's most recent win over Gamsatov does make me a, a little concerned he gave gamzatov the the first loss of his career with that vicious uppercut uh ko so you know he's got a lot of power but you're going against a very experienced technical stand-up fighter dustin Jacoby has a long reach he knows how to utilize it he's on a win streak i i can't see him losing this fight uh, i i expect him to to win a, a ud i don't think he's going to get Ola j out of there because i i Actually, I feel like Ola Jacek is really, really tough. Um, and those losses to Jimmy Cruton, uh, OSP, you know, uh, I, I feel like he's learned from them. But this is Justin Jacoby's uh, fight to, to lose. Uh, I got him winning UD.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Dustin Jacoby, too, and, and I'll be biased here, too. He's one of my favorite interviews to do each and every time I had him on the Top Turtle podcast last week. He's, he's a ton of fun to talk to, but in addition to that, dude, people are sleeping on this guy. He's had five fights in the UFC in a row. He's undefeated in those five, and for some reason, we still got him unranked. I don't know how he's still unranked. I don't agree with it. I can't believe it's true, but he's still unranked, and he's out here absolutely outworking people, doing excellent work. And he's fighting a guy here in Olashajek who's proven that he can be at work and out technique. You you mentioned the OSP loss. It looks like guys can tire him out. And I I think when you have a guy who's as elusive as Dustin Jacoby is, that's a nightmare for Michael Olashajek. That's that's a guy he doesn't want to see standing across from him. I think he lights him up with leg kicks. I think he tires him out. And I'm going to say he gets the finish late in the fight. I'll take third round finish here by uh, Dustin Jacoby. Uh, and that's gonna do it for all three of our rounds guys we gave you eight fights in just a little bit over 20 minutes. We hope you learned something as well as gotten the lowdown on some fighters you might not know about. Once again, I want to give a thank you to my co-host for this show. Ryan Jarrell, you of course can follow him on Twitter at son of Jarrell 20 and you can find all of his works in the various corners of the internet including including his own between rounds radio, which you can check out on his Twitter. Ryan, thanks so much for the time again man.
1: Always a pleasure.